0: You're listening to Talking Taiwan with your host, Felicia Lin.
1: My guest on this episode of Talking Taiwan is Eric Chang, a writer for Taiwan News. On April 18th, we spoke about China's April 12th incursion into Taiwan's air defense identification zone, the largest one to date at the time. We also spoke about the long-standing military threat that China poses for Taiwan and the Asia-Pacific region, what this means for Taiwan, how Taiwan has responded, the U.S.'s response and why it matters, and how the support and cooperation from neighboring countries is essential to keeping peace in the region. Here's our interview. Welcome to the podcast, Eric. Hi, thanks for having me. Great. Um, So let's talk about the timing of China's latest intrusion into Taiwan's airspace, which happened on April 12th. Can you talk a little bit about the background and what may have prompted it?
2: Um, Well, before we start off, let's clarify. Um, When we say a lot of these incursions, these have all been happening in Taiwan's air defense identification zone. And that's different from, let's say, uh, a country's airspace. Uh, Technically, when we say, traditionally, when we say a country's airspace, that usually extends to about 12 nautical miles from from your coast. Mm -hmm. So um, if we say Taiwanese airspace, that would mean that, you know, these Chinese planes came within 12 nautical miles. So that's really close to Taiwan. So all of these have actually just been... Intrusion into Taiwan's air defense identification zone, mm-hmm. and then ADIZ is basically—it's an unofficial zone. It's not recognized by international law, but it's basically a zone that extends beyond the beyond a country's airspace, and it uh, basically is for air traffic control. Basically, saying if planes, you know, from a foreign country enter this air defense identification zone, that they need to identify themselves to that country's uh, air air traffic control. Um, and Taiwan's ADIZ, so this is uh, the acronym for Air Defense Identification Zone, is ADIZ. Uh, Taiwan's ADIZ was actually set up by the United States in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. And I actually just learned this yesterday. I didn't I didn't even know about that. Um, but yeah, they set that up in the 1950s. And China didn't actually set up their ADIZ until 2013, I oh, believe. Wow. Yeah, and so actually in... Asia here, Uh, Taiwan, I think, South Korea, Japan. I think all of these ADIZs were actually established by American officials, Mm -hmm. by American military officials uh, Mm -hmm. after World War II. Um, So recently, um, Taiwan has been experiencing a lot of these intrusions from China. And they've really stepped up, um, I would say, starting from the last year of Trump's presidency. Mm. So this was during the previous administration. Mm -hmm. And recently, if you want to see, you know, normally China uh, will send a few slow, you know, a a few slow turboprop planes, you know, so these are propeller planes, very slow moving.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, They'll usually send those. But then whenever there's a big, uh, let's say, diplomatic event or anytime U.S., comes out and publicly supports Taiwan or publicly criticizes China. Or um, if you look at the Trump administration, during the fourth year of Trump's presidency, he actually sent um, very senior level officials to Taiwan for the first time uh, since uh, diplomatic relations were severed in 1979. that's when we see. So anytime we see these big type of events, this is when China will lash out mm-hmm. and they'll send you know send a bunch of planes over, just you know basically to mm-hmm. show their disapproval and their you know anger at mm-hmm. other countries, especially the U.S. Uh, deepening relations with China uh, with Taiwan. And so basically last week, I think I think on April 11th, um, the new Secretary of State uh, Anthony Blinken, he basically warned. Um, China, you know, that, you know, they shouldn't get to, uh, they shouldn't overstep their bounds with, uh, when it comes to harassing Taiwan. And so basically the 25 planes were most likely, um, most likely somewhat related to that. Mm-hmm. But then China also recently has been just conducting a lot more military exercises within the South China Sea, mm-hmm. in the East China Sea, in the Taiwan Strait. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these, um, you can't look at its... Uh, you don't want to look at each incident and say, oh, it was definitely in response to Blinken. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these things are happening. You know, there's it's very complicated with right. a lot of moving parts. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you read a lot of Western articles recently, they'll all, they'll all point to, oh, it was the United States, um, the statement the day before. But it could actually be, you know, several different reasons. And part of the problem when reporting on China is that because China is so opaque, you know mm-hmm. it's really hard to, it's really hard to find out what exactly you know why they sent it you know why they sent the incursion mm-hmm. they usually don't broadcast it they usually don't you know issue press releases afterwards saying mm-hmm. why
0: mm-hmm.
2: but they do they but they will you know their military will warn other countries when they're going to carry out large uh, military drills military exercises you know especially like missile drills they will do that type of stuff so um Yeah, (laughs) that's the Mm. short answer.
1: Okay, thank you for that clarification, so I will be more careful about how I use that term, airspace. Um, It's good to know. Um, Also, this year is the 42nd anniversary of the Taiwan Relations Act, right? Mm. Yes. Um, For people who don't know, could you tell uh, my Mm. listeners what is the Taiwan Relations Act and what that means for the U.S. and Taiwan?
2: Okay, the Taiwan Relations Act... um, and this is a disclaimer. Um, I'm just, <laughs> I'm not an expert in any of this, so some of this, some of these fine details, I may get wrong. So uh, anybody that really wants to know, what you should do is just Google Taiwan Relations Act. That's, they have a lot of really good sources on the internet that uh, explain this really well. Mm-hmm. But basically, the Taiwan Relations Act was signed. Uh, it went into effect in 1979. This is after, after the U.S. Officially decided to switch recognition from the Republic of China, which happened to be in Taiwan at the time. Um, so I guess we need to go back, right?
0: The mm-hmm.
2: KMT and the CCP in this Chinese Civil War, right? The KMT lost, and the KMT fled to Taiwan. KMT fled to Taiwan. Um, this would be the Republic of China government fled to Taiwan. Chiang Kai-shek still claimed to be, you know, the legitimate. Governing body of China and at that time when that happened the rest of the world the Western world still wanted to recognize The ROC because they were anti-communist and it wasn't until 1979 that Carter finally uh, The US decided to switch diplomatic recognition from the ROC to the PRC, right? So when that happened um, in order to continue diplomatic relations with Taiwan this is where the Taiwan Relations Act came into play. And basically, the Taiwan Relations Act it you know allows for non-official relationships between the U.S. and Taiwan. And basically, the most important thing about the Taiwan Relations Act is that it requires the U.S. to supply Taiwan with defensive weapons so that in the face of Chinese aggression, um, the Taiwan Relations Act says that the U.S. is obligated to – Supply weapons of a defensive nature to Taiwan, and when you say defensive nature, you know it'll—that's it, 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 it'll, it a—it's like a moving needle, right? It doesn't—it's—it's um, traditionally most of the weapons that we've been uh, sold by the U.S. are pretty, you know, they're pretty outdated. Uh, they're not—they don't really have very much offensive capabilities. But recently, uh, especially during the Trump administration, we saw a, you know. The rhetoric ramped up between the U.S. and China, and kind of partly because of that, um, the weapons that we were sold have actually seen, they've been much more offensive, which is actually a good thing for Taiwan.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but basically, this is the cornerstone of what keeps Taiwan Taiwan right now is that the, is this Taiwan Relations Act. Um, so it's very it's vital for Taiwan's survival uh, within this region that this uh, that this law is in place.
1: Um, and going back to this latest incursion by China, um, is this the largest number of planes that China has ever sent at one time?
2: Um, this is it's the largest this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is with these uh, ADIZ incursions is that Taiwan actually didn't use to broadcast these uh, originally. Um, mm. I mean, these have been going on for probably. Don't quote me on this. This has been going on for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Right, Th- definitely been years. Yeah. And traditionally, traditionally, China didn't. Uh, I would say traditionally, the what China used to do is they would send planes to circumnavigate Taiwan.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. So they would, you know, maybe fly north of Taiwan. You know, flying through uh, the. The Islands, mm-hmm. you know, flying through Japan's mm-hmm. ADIZ, and mm-hmm. then they would circle around, you know, or the or they would go south and you know mm-hmm. circle north. Mm-hmm. Um, traditionally, that was how the the PLA, uh, People's Liberation Army, this is China's army, um, would mm-hmm. harass Taiwan. And mm-hmm. they, they didn't used to do ADIZ uh, intrusions very much.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And Taiwan also previously didn't make these public because they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to. Uh, Put undue fear onto Taiwanese citizens. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't want to, you know, because part of the reason China does this, obviously, is, you know, mental, psychological, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the psychological threats, right? You're mm-hmm. trying to just wear down Taiwanese people mm-hmm. um, politically mm-hmm. and, you know, through these types of actions. But then recently, you know, uh, last year, you know, they really ramped up their intrusions. So these basically coincided with uh, Trump sending I guess we can say it first started when Trump sent the health health czar,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Alex Azar, mm-hmm. out here. Alex Azar was the highest-ranking cabinet-level official to visit Taiwan um, since diplomatic relations were severed in 1979. After that happened, they started. They sent a lot of planes over, you know. And I think a few actually crossed the median line. So mm-hmm. the median line is the the. The line between Taiwan and China within the Taiwan Strait.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: This is as uh, the median line is, you know, right down the middle, and it was established by a U.S. US official. Uh, I'm not sure when, um, but traditionally China won't send planes. They rarely send planes across the median line, and when they do send planes across the median line, it's you know, it's when they're really upset, you know. Mm-hmm. But Crossing the median line is still a considerable distance away from Taiwan's airspace, right? So when China sends planes, they don't send them they don't send them into Taiwan's airspace, but they'll send them into our ADIZ. And if they're really mad, they'll they'll send them, you know, cross the median line, you know, for a little bit and then the planes will go back.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So Alex Azar, that was like the first, the first big one, and then the second one was in mid September. That was when Keith Cratch came. He mm-hmm. was the uh, U.S. Secret- uh, US secretary, U.S. deputy secretary of state, or under secretary of state of El- economics or something like that. Sorry, I'm I'm totally butchering his uh, his title.
1: Okay, and then I also found out that Keith Cratch's position—it's kind of a long title. Keith Crash yeah. <laughs> is the Under Secretary of State for Economic Growth, Energy, and the Environment.
2: When Keith Krach came, this was in mid-September. Um, we also saw large incursions of, you know, Chinese warplanes, of Chinese turboprops, of you know, they even sent some of their bombers over. Um, and it was at this time, um, in mid-September, that the Taiwanese government, the Taiwanese Ministry of National Defense decided to start publishing all of these incursions on their website.
0: Hmm.
2: So it was in mid-September. So these are, I think they call it real-time updates. Um, they basically, you know, every day at around, you know, 5, 6 p.m. Um, Taiwan time, they'll tweet it out and they'll also put it on their website. And they'll say, you know, today, how many Chinese planes, you know, enter the ADIZ, wow. um, what time... Um, what was the Taiwanese military's response. So I started following this, I guess I've been following this story since about last year, Um, I guess around the Azar visit. So maybe Mm -hmm. like last year, around July, June, July, this is when I, you know, this is when this, the ADIZ thing first Mm -hmm. even popped onto my radar, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's when I started to pay attention. So now, yeah, the uh, Taiwan Ministry of National Defense. every day you can go to their website and they have it in English and they have it in Mandarin. And you can find out, you know, every day how many of these Mm. incursions happen Mm -hmm. or are not happening. So, yeah, that was a massive. For Taiwan, that was a huge deal last year. I mean, the Alex Mm. Azar visit Mm -hmm. and the Keith Kratch visit were two massive, you know, milestones uh, in terms of Taiwan-U.S. relations. So that's why, you know, that's a big reason why. We saw so many planes coming over from China at the time. Li Danghui had just passed away. Mm-hmm. So part of the reason that crash came out was to pay respects to Li Danghui, And another one, people say, was to kind of um, start preliminary talks about possibly a Taiwan-U.S. you know, US type of uh, free trade agreement, mm-hmm. that type of
1: mm-hmm. or,
2: uh, bilateral trade agreement, if I, if I remember correctly.
1: Good to know. And do you know how many incursions have happened just this year so far?
2: Uh, So far this year, there have been about 77. Wow. Just this year? Yes. Yeah. So in January, there were 27. Um, In February, there were 17. Oh, my goodness. Uh, In March, there were 18. And so far in April this month, there's been 15. Wow. And so within, so basically, you know, so April, let's say, let's take April, for instance, there have been 15 incursions. Um, fifteen incursions can actually be a lot of more planes, though. So sometimes you know they'll send missile uh, planes in the morning or in the afternoon. Um, and typically it varies. Um, I would say last year, if we you know if we start looking at these incursions from last year, last year, it was always maybe one to three uh, turbo pop planes. These are usually their uh, y eight anti-submarine warcraft. Uh, anti-submarine warfare planes uh, reconnaissance planes um, these are basically uh, slow-moving planes that are just there to kind of like a uh, survey Taiwan Strait, look mm-hmm. for um, look for uh, to track submarine movements mm-hmm. of the US Navy mm-hmm. um, Taiwanese Navy um, it's also for training missions but typically what China would always do would send one to three of these really slow-moving planes, and it would always just be within the southwest corner. Mm-hmm. Right, this is the the corner that basically uh, includes the Dongsha Islands. Uh, that's these are islands controlled by Taiwan um, within the South China Sea, and China likes to often likes to harass, you know, send planes around this area just to kind of you know sh- uh, show their displeasure. But last year, it would always just be one to three planes, you know, daily, you know, one plane, two plane, two planes, maybe three. But then, you know, rarely would you see, you know, war planes uh, mm. attached with them, like fighter planes, mm-hmm. bombers. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, in, you know, they'll usually send those, like, like I said, for, you know, Alex Azar, Keith Kratch, mm-hmm. um There was also a really big incursion this year when the U.S. and Taiwan, the Coast Guards from both countries, Mm -hmm. they uh, they signed a big agreement Mm -hmm. on uh, mutual, uh, like just basically on working together. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe China sent 20 planes, I think. Um, And I'm not sure what, I forget what date that happened on, Mm -hmm. but that was also this year. It was only probably last month, actually.
1: Mm -hmm. So how has Taiwan responded to these incursions um, so far?
2: So what Taiwan will do every time is uh, they will scramble jets. uh, Well, they will scramble planes um, to intercept the Chinese planes. They will issue uh, radio warnings, and they will use land-based missile systems to track the Chinese planes. Mm -hmm. And they will do this every time. Um, However, a few weeks ago, I think the... Ministry of National Defense, one of the deputy spokespeople, I believe, um, while he was talking to the parliament, right, while he was giving a report to the parliament, he said that Taiwan would stop scrambling jets every time because because last year the, the, there was such a large increase in the number of a- adiz incursions mm-hmm. uh taiwan actually wasted a ton of money on fuel
0: mm-hmm. on
2: resources mm-hmm. um basically every time you you know if you're going to send your planes right. you know if you're going to send your planes up every time there's wear and tear yeah and you'll have you know which will you know affect how long these planes can fly we'll mm-hmm. also you have to use a lot you'll have to do a lot more maintenance on mm-hmm. the planes mm-hmm. and basically you know taiwan you know if you compare taiwan's air force to china's right yeah. taiwan's is it's like uh, david and goliath
0: right yeah. we don't
2: have we have such a small smaller force compared to china mm-hmm. you know we can't keep that you know we can't match them gun for gun plane mm-hmm. for plane mm-hmm. you know so we have to be a little bit smarter about how we use our resources
0: mm-hmm.
2: so at that time the the ministry of national defense spokesperson or the, the, the person from the Ministry of National Defense said that uh, Taiwan would stop scrambling jets every time and that they would just track most of these incursions through um, missile systems, mm-hmm. You know, just using land-based missiles to mm-hmm. track um, the Chinese planes, which is a really good idea. However, since they made that announcement, China has actually been sending a lot more planes, and they've been sending... Well, not a lot more planes. They've been sending... A lot more fighter jets suddenly mm-hmm. you know um, they've been sending their J 10s mm-hmm. or J 16 fighter mm-hmm. jets which they usually didn't do um, so if you look on the Ministry of National Defense their website they still say that you know for every time it happens even with the slow pains recently they keep saying that the, they, they scramble aircraft and I don't know if that's I don't know if it's necessary they're doing that every time or you know, they just, they're just they putting that out there. So this is something that I actually have to dig a little bit deeper to mm-hmm. find out. Mm-hmm. This is actually something I've been wanting to talk to people uh, within the MND about, actually, mm-hmm. is that, you know, you guys said that you weren't going to scramble planes every time, but it seems like you're still doing it. Is this because, you know, uh, just, just, a, just for a better clarification. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. for Taiwan, it would actually make a lot of sense to not send planes up every time.
1: Right, right.
2: You know, because you don't want... You don't want China because a lot of reason that you know, so part of the reason that China has these incursions is they wanna see Taiwan's response time. Right? Mm-hmm. They wanna see how long it mm-hmm. takes Taiwan to get jets in the air. Mm-hmm. They wanna take they wanna time how long exactly how long it takes
0: mm-hmm.
2: for them to get to, you know, the you know, Dongsa Islands mm-hmm. or you know, the, the 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 southwest corner of the mm-hmm. ADIZ. Mm-hmm. So, you know, from Taiwan's standpoint, you you know, it's not something that you know, you don't want them to be able to know your every move, sure. Right, so you want to, you want to keep them guessing, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know you don't want them to just run roughshod and just kind of fly into our ADZ, yeah. adiz whenever yeah, they want. Yeah. You don't want them to right. um, make it seem like you know we're not taking our national defense seriously. So, what Taiwan has to do is they have to be able you know you have to be able to balance you know when yeah. do you send planes, when do you not send planes, mm-hmm. um, you know. But I think the military setting up this website making it public is a very good idea because you know i would say most people in the world aren't really paying attention Mm -hmm. to you know what's going on Mm -hmm. between taiwan and china Mm -hmm. so this is a good way for the rest of the world to you know to see you know the aggression is clearly only coming from one side and that's from china
1: right and um what damage can China really do with these planes if they're just, um, you know, like you said, they're using some fighter planes, not necessarily the slow-moving planes? Like, what can these planes do in terms of attacking Taiwan?
2: Um, I would say very little, um, because, you know, even if you look, you know, if, it, if we're talking in terms of real damage, right, a few fighter planes, you know, one or two, two or three you know, the payload that they can carry is obviously you know for the most part isn't going to be very big so you know the for them to actually use you know a few fighter planes to attack taiwan that that wouldn't work you know it wouldn't do anything most of this is just to psych- psychologically mm-hmm. you know wear down taiwan wear down taiwanese citizens um you know part part of what china wants to do is they think that through these incursions you know, it'll get Taiwanese people really scared that China's going to attack. And because of that, it will have Taiwanese people turn against the DPP or have Taiwanese people, you know, kind of turn against the government and say, you know, let's just surrender. Let's just, you know, stop stop <laughs> all this nonsense. And, you know, we'll just surrender. You know, we'll, get, we'll, we'll become part of China. China will never understand what it means to be a Taiwanese person, right? China will never understand what Taiwanese people are thinking within their heads. And they will just – that's why – all of these incursions actually make Taiwanese people more Taiwanese. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, makes, it makes Taiwanese people more assured that, you know, we're a separate country. And the more that we get harassed by China, right, the, it actually makes it harder for China to try to accomplish anything in Taiwan.
1: Right, so it's actually the opposite effect. And I mean, if we want to look back into history, these incursions or acts of aggression are really nothing new. Like, I mean, we could even look back to the first direct presidential election, the beginning of Taiwan's democracy. China was displaying acts of aggression back then.
2: Yeah, yeah. In 1996, when um, Li hui was first elected, uh, you know, was shooting missiles over Taiwan um, that actually uh, got a really strong response from the U.S. The U.S. sent two aircraft carrier groups into the Taiwan Strait, uh, and that was a massive display of support for Taiwan. And you know, basically through that, China learned that that was a, you know they kind of stepped uh, they they went a little bit too far,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know. And so for China, that's why the that's why these ADIZ incursions are you know it's. They're such a massive country. Their, their military is so big that you know, sending one plane, sending two planes, you know, just to kind of buzz Taiwan's airspace um, is a good way for them to, you know, kind of harass Taiwan. But mm-hmm. at the same, not, at the same time, not do anything serious, you know. Mm-hmm. So the, these planes, you know, for the most part, I would say almost all of these incursions are done by very, very slow-moving aircraft, you know, and it's one, one aircraft, two aircraft, you know, and this is. You know, I mean, to be honest, with all the satellite technology now, right, if you wanted to collect data on, you know, geographic data, it's much easier to do it through the space, you know, through these satellites that, you know, every country has. Mm -hmm. Um, Using these planes, it's just basically more as a show of, you know, it's just saber-rattling, you know, so.
1: But on April 12th, there was like, what, 20-something, like 25 planes, weren't there?
2: Yeah, there were 25. Yeah. Yeah. And if you actually look at that, most of them, though, they're all concentrated around the, south, uh, the southwest corner, mm-hmm. right? They don't come anywhere close to the, the main island of mm-hmm. Taiwan. Um, one thing you are starting to see now is that China is starting to send some of the, their slow-moving Y-8 uh, anti-submarine warcraft, uh, warfare planes. They are starting to, uh, starting to send them um, within, into the southwest corner, and then it'll it'll fly out of the bottom of the ADIZ and so this will be uh, within the strait between the Philippines and Taiwan and then it will come back and and kind of circle the, the southern Taiwan and then it will you know so it'll it'll fly south of Taiwan uh, and then it will it will enter into the southeast corner of the ADIZ and then it'll turn around and go back And this is something that they didn't used to do before, Mm -hmm. right? They didn't use, well, I wouldn't say they didn't use to, they didn't use to do this uh, as much, but they're starting to do that more. And then if you look at uh, the Japanese uh, Ministry of, uh, the Japan Defense Ministry, they also released data of uh, Chinese planes. And if you connect them, it'll show them kind of doing like a, basically encircling Taiwan, mm-hmm. right? And it's just kind of just to, it's, you know, it's again, it's, it's to give Taiwan, it's to show Taiwan that, you know, hey, we can, you know, we can circle you guys at any time. Mm-hmm. We can, but again, these are just, you know, one or two planes. So it really means nothing, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. just there to harass us. Like, re- uh, realistically, can these planes do anything? No,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: but what they are doing though, is they are wearing down Taiwan's uh, air force, Right, yeah, you know, through, so that's
1: another tactic, perhaps.
2: Yeah, well, so this is the, that's that's a huge part of it, right? Is mm-hmm. is the war the war of attrition, mm-hmm. right? They basically want Taiwan to keep scrambling their jets uh, over these ADIZ intrusions. They wanna want us to wear down our, you know, mm-hmm. resources mm-hmm. so much, you know, mm-hmm. they want us to waste fuel, they want us mm-hmm. to waste money mm-hmm. that when they really do attack. You know, because we've depleted our, you know, our, our resources that we won't be able to put put up as much of a fight.
1: Interesting.
2: Right. So so this is why this is actually why you know, the MND official came out and said, right. you know, we're not we're not going to scramble jets every time. Right. And it used to be when they first started sending planes, Taiwan would always scramble uh, probably mm-hmm. their F-16s, mm-hmm. right, their fastest mm-hmm. jets. Mm-hmm. And it was later that they said, you know, we're, we're not going to we're going to send the same type of plane. Right. If they send a slow plane. You know, if China sends a slow plane, Taiwan will send up a slow plane, mm-hmm. right? If Chinese, if China sends jets, then you know Taiwan will send jets. You know th- this type of thing. But yeah, so I mean, I mean, the war of attrition, you know, gray zone. Th- you know, this is uh, uh, last year they started talking about gray zone tactics. You know, gray zone tactic, gray zone area tactics are basically saying, you know rather than direct military aggression right this is just kind of like things you can do militarily to you know kind of harass another country without Mm. you know declaring full-out war Mm. you know and so this is one of them right if we you know if you keep you know every day kind of just keep poking taiwan keep poking taiwan Mm -hmm. keep uh forcing taiwan to react you know slowly wearing down their military Mm -hmm. slowly wearing down their resources Mm -hmm. you know it will uh, psychologically it'll you know and this, this is China's thinking, right? right? Psychologically, it'll it'll affect Taiwanese pilots. You know, it'll affect Taiwanese military. Um, you know, it'll affect Taiwanese citizens. You know, and so this is you know the, the, their their plan. Um, you know, part of a very long you know plan to you know subdue Taiwan.
1: Interesting. I would say. Okay. Um, And I know that, I mean, I've learned a lot in this conversation already, but I I know you're not a military expert, but I was wondering, like, what's your opinion? How likely do you think China is to attack Taiwan? Like, are they really willing to go out and go to war and uh, create all the, you know, all the fallout that would happen if they were to attack Taiwan?
2: I think that's the million dollar question. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Um, And I don't think anybody knows, right? I think if I mean, I think you know I've been in, living in Taiwan for uh, about twenty years now.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I would say when I first came, you know, it was impossible, you know at that time, um, to think that China would literally go to war over Taiwan was impossible, right? Um, wouldn't happen ever. Um, and if you talk to people our parents' age, you know th- you know from that 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 era, they all say that it's impossible. They all say that, you know, it, it, it's logistically, it's very, very difficult to actually um, bring a force from China across the Taiwan Strait into Taiwan. Um, the Chinese Navy is still still not up to the, doesn't have the capabilities to do that effectively yet. Um, but now in 20 years, right, we see what ha- has happened to Hong Kong so quickly, right? Hong Kong is no longer... I mean, Hong Kong is just a shell of its former self, and it will only get worse, right? And if we see how willing China is uh, to tighten the screws on Hong Kong, if that were to happen, you know, if China were to come over to Taiwan, it would have to be so much worse, right? It would have to be so much—I mean, they would have to, you know, they would have to annihilate so much more of, of Taiwan uh, militarily, mm-hmm. right? Um that, you know, is it a possibility? You know, if you, you know, if you're reading Western news recently, you know, there have been some U.S. commanders, you know, Indo-Pacific commanders that have come out and said that, you know, China will have the capability to attack Taiwan, you know, invade Taiwan successfully within five years, six years. You know, it's, it, it's kind of one of those, you know, everybody's guessing.
1: Yeah. Right?
2: You know, so if you, if, you, if you listen to military guys, military people will always say, yes, it's inevitable. It's going to happen, you know, within four or five years, five, six years. And then if you look at uh, think tank people in D.C., you know, a lot of these white think tank people, they'll say it's not going to happen. Um, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's impossible. It's logistically, it, it won't happen. You know, if you read, you know, Ian Easton, you know, at Project 2049, he always paints a very pro-Taiwan picture, you know, making it seem that, you know, Taiwan is – you know, it's a, it's a porcupine. It's too hard to you know. It's got enough uh, defense. It has enough will. It's it's not that easy. You know, it's he's always a little bit optimistic, which I like reading because I'm Taiwanese. But at the mm-hmm. same time, you know, it's you know, it, it, is is he always right? Who knows? Yeah. You know, um, if you look at here, people here in Taiwan, you know, do people walk around like you know, oh, China's going to invade. China's going to invade. Not really. I mean, people here in Taiwan, it's I mean, how do you say we've been uh, people have here, people in Taiwan have been told that they've gonna, they're going to be attacked by China for the past 70 years. Right? <laughs> right. This is something that, you know, it's you know, it's there. But, you know, at the same time, you can't think about this every day, all day, yeah. you know, because then you can't get on with life. right? You still mm-hmm. have to you know, go to work the next day. You still have to, uh, you know, put food on the table. You know, so are, are Taiwanese people worried? Yes, for sure. Right. Are they worried more than they used to be? I would say yes you know but at the same time they're also realistic and you know we have to be realistic in that you know china can't really afford to go to war right now Mm -hmm. right china needs to prop up its economy so that it can keep its 1.3 billion chinese people happy and not worried and not criticizing the the, the communist party Mm -hmm. right so another reason you know obviously that china's had to step up you know their aggression towards you know japan taiwan You know, even the Philippines is because you know domestically things can't be going too well for them. Mm
0: -hmm. You know,
2: because you know because China is such a massively large exporting country. um, Because of the coronavirus last year, you know it shut down the entire world. Mm -hmm. Right, shut down the entire world. It's really hard for China to you know keep going when they're making stuff for the rest of the world, and you know the 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 rest of the countries, rest of the world's economies are struggling. Mm -hmm. So. You know that's why china has to project military power you know or you know close to its borders right that's why you see you know all the the border clashes going on with india
0: mm-hmm. you
2: know just just in this whole asia area right you know it seems like china is being overly aggressive but mm-hmm. you know in my opinion that is just more to use so that their national media can talk about that you know chinese state media can mm-hmm. talk about right. you know all these things to keep you know if you know, if you just, you know you, 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 you fan the flames of uh, patriotism, mm-hmm. right? Chinese people mm-hmm. will kind of just pay attention to that mm-hmm. rather than criticize the government for their handling of the virus or handling mm-hmm. their handling of mm-hmm. you know, domestic issues. So, you know, do I think invasion is more likely? Yeah, I kind of do, you know, but at the same time, China really can't afford to go to war so close to home right? They can't really afford to go to war right in their own backyard. And if, you know, if you're going to attack Taiwan, they have to go all out,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: right? You you, you can't half-ass it, right? If you Mm -hmm. don't go all out, then you really give the opportunity for the U.S., Japan, maybe Australia, you know, all these other countries within Asia to, you know, come to Taiwan's aid, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, this is, it's like a chess game, right? It's, It's really a chess game, you know, um, China also has so much. Uh, they have so many resources going through the South China Sea, right? Going through the Malaika Straits, you know that um, basically are going to China, right? If you're having a war, you know, all-out war,
1: yeah.
2: right next door, yeah.
1: you
2: know, it, it opens up all of Chinese energy shipments, you know, mm-hmm. energy, you know, like the oil, natural gas, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It opens this up to attack right uh to you know
1: i mean obviously china yeah
2: yeah you know obviously china is building you know uh oil pipelines you know through russia to china so that you know they can bypass having to go through uh the south china sea malacca straits but you know you know that's still you know that those are still ongoing you know there's still so much stuff you know going you know by boat that you know china would be risking a lot right and 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 the thing is these are all unknowns, right, because economically, you know, t- you know, to be very honest, right, most of the countries in the world, because they're smaller, are tied by the balls economically to China, mm-hmm. right, so that's why a lot of these countries, they can't risk mm-hmm. angering China, they can't really risk, you know, saying, you know, we're not going to do business with China, we'll just, you know, we'll go somewhere else, mm-hmm. you know, the problem is, is that China is kind of the only game in town right now mm-hmm. for many countries, um, so that's a good and a bad thing, right, because, we're all tied by the balls economically, it means that no one really wants to rock the boat, right? China can't really afford to give up their economic relations by taking over Taiwan, you know. So, publicly, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll continue and they will always say that, you know, Taiwan is a part of China and that they will uh, w- w- they will seek to unify Taiwan in with, you know, if it's militarily, if it's peacefully, you know, it, by any means. China will always say this, Half of it's a hollow threat, you know, half of it's real. You know, it's 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 really, uh, it's a moving, it's also a moving needle, right? You know, in the future, China militarily will definitely become stronger. Mm-hmm. They'll definitely get more experience. Mm-hmm. They will definitely, if they want to, you know, I mean, see, this is the thing, if China, China doesn't really have to worry about saving any resources, right? China doesn't really have to worry about saving any of its soldiers, like for mm-hmm. them, it's just cannon fodder
0: mm-hmm. right
2: they can, they you know they can just keep throwing more and more soldiers at taiwan eventually you know and for them it really doesn't matter it doesn't mm-hmm. make a difference mm-hmm. so you know they 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 can sacrifice all this but again will they it's yeah i mean and, and it's and then you, also you have to look at capability wise right capability wise they're still not at uh, on par with the us military you can see this very easily through the picture, I believe it was last week
0: uh-huh. or
2: two weeks ago, the U.S. captain that was on the, I believe he was on a missile destroyer, he was on a U.S. destroyer, mm-hmm. uh, and this destroyer was uh, was sailing right next to the Chinese aircraft carrier, the Liaoning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and in his picture the U.S. Navy, U.S. Navy is very good at uh, uh, trolling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: the, they, they took this picture, basically, where this U.S. Uh, US destroyer was shadowing the Chinese aircraft carrier. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. captain, he's basically propped up on deck with his feet up.
0: Right?
2: <laughs> he, he's, he's, his feet are up. His, uh, uh, one of his uh, officers is standing right next to him, and you can see them just kind of staring casually at the Chinese uh, aircraft carrier. Mm-hmm. This basically, you know it's it, it, this is also psychological warfare but mm-hmm. this just through that picture it just so it shows you that uh, militarily china still especially in terms of their navy isn't up to par with the us right <laughs> the, the fact that a us destroyer could sail right next to one of china's most prized ships mm-hmm. it just shows you that you know china wasn't because usually, a, you know, an aircraft carrier group, right? The aircraft carrier will be in the middle, and it will be surrounded by you know other ships, right? Mm-hmm. A, other destroyers, mm-hmm. right? Other, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a fleet of ships basically to protect the aircraft carrier, right? In most cases, that's how you know if you look at the U.S. Navy, that's how their uh-huh. their aircraft carriers travel uh-huh. throughout the world. But the fact that China's aircraft carrier was so close to China, and yet they still couldn't, you know, effectively uh, protect it you know, from, from foreign, you know, from other, other Mm -hmm. navies Mm -hmm. that just shows you that, you know, there's still a long way to go before China's Navy is up to, up to speed. And, you know, clearly if you're going to, if you're going to transport, you know, hundreds of thousands of Chinese troops from China to Taiwan, you're going to need a Navy that, you know, can, you know, that, that, that can handle that. Right. And just through one picture Mm -hmm. That just showed you that, you know, because usually when, you know, if you see pictures of China, uh, China on Chinese state media Mm of their Mm -hmm. aircraft carriers, Mm -hmm. you know, there's always flags flying. It's always so beautiful. Mm. It looks like it, you know, it's very powerful. They're trying to project power. But through one picture, you know, taken off of a phone uh, by some, you know, (laughs) U.S., you know, uh, Navy sailors. You know, in one second, it basically got, kind of popped a hole in that balloon, right? <laughs>
1: That's really interesting. Do you have a copy of that photo or can you dig it up or...? Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. definitely.
2: Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll send that Thank over. Thank you
1: for that. That's interesting. And then so, but what about Taiwan? Like, you know, does Taiwan have the ability to defend itself? And also there was uh, an announcement of a new multi-mission amphibious ships Taiwan recently launched. Will these things help Taiwan sufficiently defend itself?
2: Um, so Taiwan does have quite a, you know we have we have our own military. Um, Taiwan takes its own national defense very seriously. Um, missiles are probably the most uh, useful thing in our arsenal right now. So Taiwan has patriot missiles uh, sent from the US um, uh, sold to us from the US. Uh, we also have domestically produced missiles. Um, we have, you know, long-range missiles, short-range mis- uh, missiles. Taiwan also has, we have submarines, but right now what's very important is Taiwan is actually domestically, we're building our own submarines. Um, and s- submarines will be very helpful to uh, national defense, you know, if and when China does, you know, decide to send ships over. Having having submarines, because uh, I believe uh, the Taiwan Strait is uh, traditionally very noisy.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, so
2: if you actually have submarines uh, patrolling the, the the Taiwan Strait, um, they may be a little bit harder to de- harder mm-hmm. to detect. Mm-hmm. You know, just because of all the the, the noises mm-hmm. uh, within the Taiwan Strait. So mm-hmm. um, that's really good for Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. One thing that you'll hear about Taiwan when they talk about defense is that we need to develop asymmetric. Asymmetric warfare capabilities, mm-hmm. right? Asymmetric warfare capabilities refer to a smaller force having to fight a larger force, right? right? So in this case, clearly Taiwan is the smaller yeah. force, and China is the big force. Uh-huh. And a lot of things, you'll a lot of times what you'll hear, especially from Western, you know, defense specialists, is that you know Taiwan needs to be like a porcupine, right? Mm-hmm. You want to you, you want to arm Taiwan to the teeth so much that you know if China is going to come that they're gonna have to pay a huge price, right? right? They're gonna have to pay a huge price in uh, their ships, in their soldiers, right? In, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whatever they decide to send over, you know, uh, it, will, it won't it will be as easy as they think, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of these analysts will say that, yes, Taiwan needs missiles, right? The most things, uh, the, the, the biggest weapon that you can use, the, the best weapon you can have in your, your arsenal is probably missiles. And they don't need to be very long range missiles, right? what you need to do is you need to be you need to have missiles that can target the ships that are coming over from China mm-hmm. or you want to you want to have missiles that can target the army bases on the Chinese coast that mm-hmm. will send you know that will send mm-hmm. you know these you know tanks soldiers you know whatever right and because Taiwan and China are so close um you know it's you know, 100 miles away you know mm-hmm. you know it's you know it's just a stone's throw away because it's so close that's why Taiwan just needs you know, to increase its arsenal of just short-range missiles. Mm-hmm. Right? You just need a lot of short-range missiles. Mm-hmm. Um, people have also talked, I've also heard people discuss that Taiwan needs to uh, acquire more sea mines, right? You want more mine, you know, so, you know, if China's gonna come over, you want to basically just dump as many uh, mines mm-hmm. in the sea as possible mm-hmm. just to, you know, to, 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 protect,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, to protect the Taiwanese mm-hmm. coast. This, though, is a little bit, you know, when you talk about mines, it can be a little bit problematic because yeah. uh, the west coast of Taiwan is also where Taiwan gets its liquefied natural gas. Mm. Uh, and, the, you know, a lot of our Taiwan's biggest ports are all on the west coast. Right. So, you know, this is something that's, you know, also problematic. Right. But, with, you know, in terms of our uh, Taiwan's arms, right? Traditionally, like you know, uh, we mentioned before. Traditionally, the U.S. used to uh, sell Taiwan, you know, you know. Let's be honest, a lot of second-class. You know, kind of refurbished weapon systems mm-hmm. that you know no one no one's really using anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taiwan is actually one of the biggest purchasers of U.S. arms sales in the world. Oh. Um, we we rank up there uh, with uh, Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. South Korea. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking yeah, we're, it's you know it's mat, you know we're talking billions every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it used to be all just a lot of like weapons that we don't really need.
0: Uh-huh. Um,
2: but then all of a sudden, uh, at the tail end of the Trump administration we started to see a a, a big, we started to see a step up in the the types of weapons that were being sold to Taiwan. Mm -hmm. Um, For instance, uh, the Trump administration, they approved the sale of, I believe it was 66 F-16 fighter jets um, to help, bolster Taiwan's uh, air force because Taiwan's air force actually has a lot of really old planes we have a lot of old uh, Mm f-5s that are starting to you know they're coming to the end of their service life so you know we need to we need to have more planes Um, the Trump administration they they finally cleared this has been this 66 66 f-16 fighter uh, fighter package has you know they'd been trying to get it cleared for the longest time finally the the, the trump administration they they they, they cleared it
0: mm-hmm. um
2: they also okayed a uh, you know a, a lot of uh, missile package recently
0: mm-hmm. uh, a
2: missile package of uh, patriot missiles there was also i believe was it, uh 102 i think it was 102 around 100 uh, tanks
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, m1 abram tanks um don't know how necessarily don't know how useful those necessarily are um but taiwan's tank fleet is also aging and needs to be replaced mm-hmm. um so those you know they're needed um there's also been i believe what was it oh yeah there was also three uh, sale of three uh mq9 i believe uh, uh c c guardian drones and these are kind of uh, you know these are you know drones that uh they have offensive capability. However, the ones, the three that are sold to Taiwan, don't have offensive capabilities. But they could be outfitted with missiles in, in you know, if, if they need to be. Um, that was also a big sale. Um, so, Taiwan Relations Act says that the U.S. can only sell Taiwan weapons of a defensive nature. But now that China is actually becoming more aggressive, we're seeing an increase in offensive capabilities of the weapons being sold to Taiwan, Mm -hmm. which is a good thing. This is actually something for the first time now we want to see more weapons that, Mm -hmm. you know, that we can actually use Mm -hmm. against China if they were to, you know, uh, attempt an attack.
1: Um, And what do you think of... um Other signals from the U.S., like how former U.S. Senator Chris Dodd and former Deputy Secretary of State Richard Armitage and James Steinberg were sent to Taiwan, and then Biden's recent visit with uh, Prime Minister Yoshida Suga of Japan. Um, What do you think that says about Biden's stance on China?
2: I think it's a a fantastic move, right? I think, um, how do we say I can think we can safely say Trump's presidency in the United States was controversial Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) to say the least. Yes.
2: (laughs) Right. But this is the crazy thing in Taiwan. Taiwan loves Trump.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Taiwan. Taiwan Taiwan There are Taiwanese
1: Americans that do too.
2: Yeah. Taiwan had a real, uh, a very, uh, a very strange relationship with the Trump administration. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I think part of that is because the Trump administration, not Trump personally, but the Trump administration was very 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 pro Taiwan, mm-hmm. right? And it became very pro Taiwan, not maybe for all the best reasons, you know, let's, you know, let's be honest, a lot of the reasons that Taiwan was pushed into the forefront at the end of the Trump administration was partly to anger China. You know, part of the reason that this Taiwan card was played mm-hmm. was specifically just to make China angry, mm-hmm. right? But for Taiwan that's great because we actually need as much press we need as much we need as many people in the international world talking about Taiwan as possible so that more people are informed about what's going on right and yes Trump was very problematic for US domestic politics and the uh, what was going on in the US but for Taiwan Trump presidency was actually very beneficial for the country in terms of the you know the, the increase in arms sales um, when we saw, you know, Alex Azar and Keith Cratch coming here, those were huge, very public displays of support for Taiwan. And then Pompeo on his way out, you know, saying that, you know, that the U.S. was re- removing decades uh, of self-restrictions on U.S. officials being able to meet with Taiwanese officials. Right. Um, Pompeo getting rid of those restrictions. Basically, the the. the Trump was able to shift the needle in terms of how we publicly talk about Taiwan. And then because he shifted the needle so much, that gave the Biden administration a lot of wiggle room in terms of how they would continue this uh, policy of supporting Taiwan more openly. So what we see with the Trump administration is, yes, they sent a lot of high level acting officials now, you know, Biden's administration has just started, right? We're only in the very beginning, the first three four months of his administration, and already in that time, right? We see them, you know, uh, Blinken a few mo- a few weeks ago referring to Taiwan as a country uh, when he was uh, talking to the uh, the, the Congress.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, we don't, you know, some people say it was a slip of the tongue, some people say it was it, it was it was uh, purposeful. Um, either way, that was a huge shot. Uh, it was a huge show of support for Taiwan. And then now, you know, last week with, when, when Dodd, Armitage, and Steinberg, they came to Taiwan. Yes, this was an unofficial delegation, but this was also a continuation of what the Trump administration had done. And this was also – it's a very smart move in, if we're talking about geopolitical uh, geopolitical moves, right, and, and political moves, right? Because this is a very – it's a very public show of support for Taiwan, but then because they're not acting, you know, it's not an academic – They're not acting uh, members of the the administration. They're not acting members of the government. It basically, it it kind of shows to China that, that, you know, this is a step back, right? This isn't as, you know, it's not as um, provocative as the Trump administration was, right? So um, sending these guys over, it basically shows that, you know, Taiwan and Taiwan-US relations are, are still on track and they're still um Moving in the correct, uh, they're moving in the correct direction. But then at the same time, it's smart because it also compared to the Trump administration's move at the at the end of the at the end of his administration, these kind of seem like they're not as provocative. You know, they're, they're meant to be less aggressive. So you know, it, it kind of it's China always likes to say this. It's 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 a it's a little bit of a win-win situation for mm-hmm. Taiwan in mm-hmm. that you know it, it it reassures Taiwan because before the election. A lot of Taiwanese people, including myself, were actually worried. I think more Americans now are finally starting to see that, you know, China is not the, it's not turning out to be the ally that many mm-hmm. Democrats, mm-hmm. progressives mm-hmm. thought they it, thought it would be. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they thought that, mm-hmm. you know, oh, if, if China opens up its economy, if China, you know, just becomes a little bit more liberalized, that, you know, they'll slowly become more progressive. Mm-hmm. They'll, you know, yeah, slowly Yeah, how long up. have
1: we been saying that and waiting?
2: <laughs> yeah, and that's, and they totally, if anything, they've gone... 180 degrees in the opposite direction, mm-hmm. right? This is something that Taiwanese people is something people in Asia have long understood. You know, I don't think anybody in Asia has any uh, fantasies, uh, you know, as to, you know, China, you know, all of a sudden becoming democratic and, you know, opening every, you know, hugging everybody with open arms. Mm-hmm. So I think Democrats now are finally starting to realize that, you know, actually we do have to, you know, you know, China is... A competitor, China is an adversary, right? And if you look at everything the Biden administration has said so far, has actually been very reassuring for Taiwan, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, they talked about Taiwan um, sending this unofficial delegation last week was massive. You know, some people here have criticized that, you know, saying that oh, they should have sent, you know, some, you know, acting officials. They mm-hmm. should have sent people in the current mm-hmm. administration, mm-hmm. you know. But I said, hey, man, this is this is this is only the very beginning. Yeah. right this has only been three months mm-hmm. right it's only been mm-hmm. three months and this is already happening so this is a very good move you know it's very public it's a you know it's a strong show of support for taiwan yeah. um now yeah, there were definitely a lot of people before the election a lot of taiwanese people were very nervous about the biden administration a-, a lot of taiwanese people were very concerned of um, hunter biden's china connections and Hunter Biden's previous business dealings uh-huh. within China. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in Taiwan here thought that because of that, Biden would be beholden to mm-hmm. China, or right. somehow that he would sell out the United, mm-hmm. sell out the U.S. in favor of China. You know, at that time, of course, you know when you talk to these people and you were saying, you know, just because Biden is a Democrat, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean he's going to sell out his own country just to help out China, right? Mm-hmm. And if anything. What he's done in this first three months, I think, has been very reassuring. Blinken's public uh, in public mentioning Taiwan.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: the you know, even if you look at uh, the Biden administration has actually kept uh, Trump's China tariffs in place. Mm-hmm. Right. They actually hurt the U.S. You know, they, they end up hurting U.S. Um, consumers mm-hmm. more than they uh, hurt China. But mm-hmm. having the tariffs in place are, you know, for China, everything's about face. Mm -hmm. saving face you know Mm -hmm. like you know the 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 public significance of certain things the fact that trump would put these tariffs in place despite uh uh, even though it hurts american consumers is actually Mm -hmm. a very bold statement Mm -hmm. it's a very bold action Mm -hmm. right you know it's saying that you know we're going to give you the finger, right? Like, I don't I don't care how, it, you know, it may negatively affect me, but we're putting these tariffs up anyway. You know, for China, it's, you know, it, it, it gets them to react, right? It, it shows them. It's like, wow, you know, Trump, <laughs> the fact that Trump would do this, it means that, you know, he's not playing around. And Biden, they see that it works, right? So they've actually continued the, the tariffs, and they've continued, um, even just last week, you know, uh, during the Trump administration, we saw, you know, a lot of Chinese companies be, uh, being placed on the U.S. Commerce Department's uh, U.S. Department of Commerce's uh, Entity List, right? Um, meaning that U.S. companies, in order to do business with uh, certain uh, with with China, that they have to uh, apply for licenses, export licenses. Um, just last week, uh, the Biden administration added seven more. Uh, Chinese entities that work mm-hmm. with supercomputers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they placed uh, seven Chinese entities on the entity list um, because some of these computers, uh, these su- these supercomputers, were being used for research for Chinese hypersonic missiles. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it just shows you that you know what the Trump administration did definitely set things on the right course, mm-hmm. and it seems that Biden, it appears that the Biden administration is picking up where trump left off Mm -hmm. and then also getting more countries to uh more like-minded countries to actually you know kind of not i wouldn't say necessarily get behind taiwan but just be a little bit more public in their support of taiwan Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is what we saw with japan and the u.s with uh suga's visit to dc which was monumental this was Mm -hmm. definitely Mm -hmm. the fact that japan you know publicly and because you know you have to think about this um China is Japan's largest trading partner,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? So Japan is, you know, it's kind of in the same boat as Taiwan. Right. Is that Yes, we are adversaries. We are enemies with China. But mm-hmm. at the same time, that's where we make most of our money
0: mm-hmm.
2: from, right, mm-hmm. is from China. So mm-hmm. for Japan to publicly make this announcement right. is... Huge, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a gamble. Mm-hmm. It's definitely mm-hmm. a gamble for them because economically, yes, China could say, you know, we don't want to do business with you anymore. Mm-hmm. But realistically, they need to do business with Japan, yeah. just like they need to, be, to do business with Taiwan and the U.S. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think what has happened within the past few weeks has actually been very good for Taiwan. Um, Taiwanese people definitely have been reassured by uh, these recent moves. You know, so on the one hand, Taiwanese people are a little bit more little bit more reassured on the other hand Taiwanese people are a little bit more on edge because because of all the increased yeah. incursions and because right. of all the increased military action um but you know it's uh yeah like i said it's a moving needle and it's a developing situation that mm-hmm. you know Taiwanese people mm-hmm. for sure they're paying attention to um maybe it's not always reported you know especially reading in the u.s to be honest when you read about taiwan in the U.S., you mm-hmm. only get a very small sliver or right. a very small window into what Taiwanese people actually think, because most of these articles are written, you know, by. I mean, now, you know, within the past year, because so many reporters were kicked out of China, mm-hmm. you're actually starting to see more reporting on mm-hmm. Taiwan done mm-hmm. in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, the you know these are Western outlets, so they always, you know, when they, when they go for bites, it always. They always find the same three or four academics that happen to study Taiwan. So Uh it's, you know, and and I'm I'm not saying what these people say about Taiwan is incorrect, Uh but you know, most, you know, if you're living in D.C. and if you've been there for you know past 20 years, you probably don't have as good of a grasp on. What is going? What is what's 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 being said on the ground here in Taiwan, or mm-hmm. what the, the the sentiment here is in Taiwan, or you know what you know how, how worried or not worried of, of about you know Chinese aggression, mm-hmm. Taiwanese people are mm-hmm. or are not. Mm-hmm.
1: And it was interesting what you said earlier about how the most important weapon that Taiwan would have is probably missiles. So because I saw that you shared some news about the new multi-mission amphibious ships, um, mm-hmm. so perhaps those are not necessarily that important, and, and they're not even going to be in service for another year, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, in terms of, I, th- I believe that ship was just kind of it's, it's like a troop transport, right? Mm-hmm. It's like uh, mm-hmm. getting so I would say that would probably mean transporting Taiwanese troops from Taiwan to dongsa Island, or you know, maybe to uh, uh, Peng, Penghu or zhou uh, or um, Jinmen, mm-hmm. right? If, if stuff were to go down. Um, I mean, this, this is the thing. It's like uh, anytime Taiwan develops any new type of uh, defensive weapon, that's a good thing for Taiwan, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, it's a good thing for Taiwan. But realistically, you know, will one extra ship, will two extra ships, you know, three extra ships that can carry, you know, eight to 10 missiles, will, you know, will that, will that be the deciding factor <laughs> you know, to, tip, to tip it in Taiwan's favor? No, you know, but... Of course, we need to just keep doing as much as we can uh, to, to protect our own country. Um, yes, anytime we can add new ships, anytime we can add new submarines, anytime we can add more hardware—that's a plus. You know, one thing I would really like to see—you know—is that you know I would like to see the Biden administration now that they've you know uh, Biden administration has been very vocal so far this first three three and a half months. They've been very vocal in their support for Taiwan. But now, what we need to see is we need to see actual you know. Uh, defensive weapons right we need to see actual hardware we need to see more sales um, of of weapons that taiwan can actually use um you know that that will be the next step in uh you know supporting taiwan more uh publicly you know and then also you know economically right if we can get the ball rolling on you know signing an, an fta with the united states or just you know more Something along that lines, right? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be a full FTA mm-hmm. or full uh, bilateral trade agreement, but you know, if we can just get that going, you know, if, if we can see that, uh, if we can see the U.S. kind of get moving on this that end, I think that would be even better for Taiwan as well. This is something we actually didn't talk about. Uh, I know you had you you had asked about this. Is what is the U.S.'s response every time you know China has these large incursions?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, what the uh, the U.S. typically does is U.S. actually has a the U.S. military has a very very large presence in Asia, mm-hmm. uh, in Japan, in the Philippines, mm-hmm. uh, in Guam. Mm-hmm. So what the U.S. will typically do is they'll send uh, destroyers um, through the Taiwan Strait. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll transition through the tra- Taiwan Strait, mm-hmm. oftentimes you know going from Japan down you know down south or you know going north to south. Um, And under the Biden administration, there have already been four transits. Four four U.S. destroyers have uh, transited through the Taiwan Strait Mm -hmm. um, since Biden has taken Mm -hmm. office. Um, So the U.S. Navy is very, very active uh, around Taiwan, um, Japan, Philippines, South Mm -hmm. China Sea. Mm -hmm. Um, They also, um, just like China, frequently sends airplanes uh, s- slow moving turboprops you know into Taiwan Japan mm-hmm. South mm-hmm. Korea's ADIZ the US the US military is equally as active sending planes over to uh, toward China's airspace uh, not China's airspace but you know along the border along the South China Sea mm-hmm. you know they are they're also mm-hmm. doing the exact the, the exact same types of things so
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, another thing is you know if you're looking at this don't look at China's incursions into Taiwan's airspace, uh, Taiwan's ADIZ, as just involving Taiwan and China, oh. right? It's actually, you know, this is this is all involved, right? You know, you have to look at what the U.S. is doing, right? You have to look at what Japan's doing. You have to mm-hmm. look at, you know, the Philippines. It, you know, mm-hmm. this is all connected. So mm-hmm. there's 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 so much activity going on commercially and mm-hmm. militarily mm-hmm. in Asia that. Mm-hmm. Um, You know these are all connected and Mm -hmm. the US has been doing a very good job at just kind of keeping China on its heels Mm -hmm. you know keeping China on its toes and that's Mm -hmm. exactly what we want for everybody in Asia is we want you know to be honest we want the status quo Mm -hmm. we want everything to stay the same right Mm -hmm. and so what you want is you want if China wants to militarily you know keep buying weapons to keep you know projecting militarily keep projecting strength farther and farther out that's fine all we need is the U.S. to keep doing the same thing mm. so that, you know, the U.S. won't attack and so that China won't attack. You know, it's just to keep, you know, if you, if you just keep, if you have all your guns placed on the table, you know, it will hopefully um, keep everybody from actually deciding to use them. <laughs> right. So. I would say, you know, living in the U.S., I was definitely more progressive and, you know, very Mm anti-military. And I didn't see Mm -hmm. why, you know, what's the purpose of having soldiers? What's the purpose of Mm -hmm. sending U.S. soldiers Mm -hmm. around the world? Mm -hmm. You know, but now that I'm literally living in probably the biggest hotspot of possible military action in Mm -hmm. the future, (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I actually see now why it is good that the U.S. is the world's police. Right. I would much rather have the U.S. be the world's police than China, Mm. you know, and so having a strong U.S. military is vital to having the world be a safe and, you know, open place that it is, especially, you know, here in Asia. Right. Mm. We need we need the U.S., you know, because. You know, if you you look at Japan in isolation, Taiwan in isolation, Philippines in isolation, you know, all these countries in isolation, we can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. Right. We can't do it alone. We can't, you know, you know, if we want to push back China, we can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. But if we can, you know, if the Quad, for instance, right, if we can get Japan, U.S., Australia, India, you know, to really, you know, strengthen their ties, you know, kind of become an Asian NATO, for instance, Mm -hmm. and really kind of put their foot down, you know, then China will definitely think twice before, because in Asia, you know, clearly Taiwan is the one thing that China cares about the most. Right. Right. It's the one thing that they'll that that publicly they, you know, for the CCP, they can never give up right? Mm -hmm. They can never say, we're just going to let Taiwan be Taiwan. Mm -hmm. So what we need is we need everyone, you know, Japan, Taiwan, Philippines, South Korea, Vietnam, you know, New Zealand, Australia, India, we need everyone, you know, the US, we need us to all be in step, right? All be on the same page so Mm -hmm. that, you know, we need to share information, we need to uh, share intelligence, we need to make, you know, we need to publicly um, have these websites, uh, letting, the rest of the world know anytime there's an incursion into uh, Taiwan's ADIZ, Japan's uh, defense ministry they also do the same thing. They mm-hmm. also publish, uh, mm-hmm. you know, make the data publicly available. Mm-hmm. I believe South Korea does as well. Um, mm-hmm. South Korea they don't they're, they don't have as many incursions, you know, clearly as Japan or
1: right.
2: uh, Taiwan, mm-hmm. but they also have a problem mm-hmm. with this.
1: Where can people read um, your articles? Can they just Google you on uh, Taiwan News and see what you've been writing for them.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I haven't. I've only been writing there for a year, so I don't have. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I don't have that much stuff there. The fact that I started covering, uh, you know, these ADIZ ADIZ incursions, it kind of just randomly happened because. Um, I have to thank the Ministry of National Defense because I wasn't able to actually do it well until they started mm-hmm. releasing these updates. Right,
1: right.
2: And I found that, you know, because they you know release it and they have all the, you know, information in terms of what they, you know, their response, what time it happened, you know, right. where it happened, the right. planes that came in. And they have English, you know, resources that I, that's why I kind of just started doing this <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah
2: you know yeah. I, I, just, I just started covering this story because I knew well it's good that to I know do.
1: we'll we'll have to share that on our website for our listeners um, so if people are really that interested they can go there and look for themselves too
2: yeah I mean the fastest way to do this is all you do is go to Google and you type in Taiwan Ministry of National Defense uh-huh. and the first entry that comes up will be the Taiwan Ministry of National Defense their English website uh-huh. You just click on that and then you click under the real time military updates. Uh-huh. And underneath that it will show you it has it, you know, starting from January uh, starting from last year, September mm-hmm. September seventeenth. Sixteenth mm-hmm. or seventeenth I believe. Right, right. Ever since then, they've been doing it and they'll do it every day. Um if if Good there's you know. an incursion, they will yes. do it. They will do okay. it at the end of the day. Okay. So, you know, that's the mm-hmm. best mm-hmm. I mean that's the best gauge of right. you know what, what you know what's going on yeah. and it's you know it's right from the horse's mouth
1: yeah, and you
0: know yeah.
2: without any of the uh, yeah okay so good to know go there that's a, it's a fantastic resource uh, if there's anything that I said that wasn't too clear today. Um, please just go and you can Google it.
1: <laughs> you can go
2: to Taiwan News. You can go to Taipei Times. You can yeah. go to Focus Taiwan. There's right. actually quite a few resources on Taiwan, English mm. resources on Taiwan now that um, talk about everything that's going on in Taiwan, um, all the up to you know up to date analysis news. There's a, you know, there's much more. There's so many more resources on Taiwan than there used to be. You know right. when, you know you know 15 20 years ago it was really hard if you didn't speak Mandarin to find
0: yeah
2: uh, reliable news on Taiwan yeah. but now there's so many good people uh, Twitter is also a fantastic uh, tool mm-hmm. to find out what's going on in Taiwan mm-hmm. there's a lot of You know, like I said, there's a lot of foreign journalists uh, now stationed in Taiwan. There's a lot of, you know, people studying here in Taiwan. There's a lot of, you know, diaspora. There's a lot of people that really care about Taiwan, that talk about Taiwan in English. And these people are on Twitter, you know, they're on, you know, social media. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of there's many more resources now for Taiwanese people living in the U.S. to stay up to date Um, on Taiwan. Focus Taiwan, actually, they do a lot of very good articles, um, very up-to-date, very, you know, very breaking news. They get a lot of good quotes from the Ministry of National Defense. Um, You can also go to the Ministry of National, Taiwan's Ministry of National Defense, their website. They also have an English version. Um, There's a lot of stuff on there. Um, If you just follow a lot of U.S. Navy, Right, because mm-hmm. the, the, the U.S. Navy 7th Fleet mm-hmm. uh, is very active in uh, Asia Pacific.
1: Thank you so much. I uh, really appreciate your time and uh, sharing all of your uh, knowledge. And if, if people want to find you or follow you on social media, where can they find you?
2: Uh, I think on Twitter, you can just search uh, Eric Chang, or uh, I go by my Taiwanese name, mm-hmm. Abio, which okay. is, I, I use uh, English to spell it, so A H B Y I N G. Yeah. And Great. I believe I have a Facebook account uh, uh, account that also goes by Abiyang. So. Okay.
1: <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Great. Thanks so much, Eric. Really appreciate your time. Okay. Not a problem. I've been speaking with Eric Chang about China's April 12th incursion into Taiwan's air defense identification zone, the largest one to date. To learn more about any of the items mentioned in this episode, visit our website, TalkingTaiwan.com. There we'll list any related links. It's been immensely rewarding to see our listenership grow. Talking Taiwan's Facebook page recently reached 1,000 likes. We wanted to acknowledge this sooner, but we've been hard at work behind the scenes producing new content for future episodes. We are looking forward to continuing to deliver meaningful content related to Taiwan, and that matters to you. If you'd like to support the work that we're doing, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com. Forward slash Talking Taiwan. For a contribution starting at $5 a month or $60 a year, you can be the first to know about upcoming guests and be invited to a quarterly AMA or Ask Me Anything session with me, your host of Talking Taiwan. Don't miss an episode of Talking Taiwan. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Tell a friend about us or rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Taiwan. I'm your host, Felicia Lin.
0: Talking Taiwan is brought to you by Forumosa.com.